Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. From multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, how'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes, when you hit I, him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning, and then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Hey, what's going on? What is up? Welcome to episode 12 of the Operator Podcast. As always, I'm Rob O'Neill talking to you, the operator, whatever you're doing to keep your life going better to hopefully help the country. And uh, having said that, I'm hoping none of us are actual pollsters or whatever out there. Am I the only one who is extremely ready for this fucking midterm season to be over? I'm so tired of these politics. Um, and I, I just want it to be over so we could talk about something else. Um, but the thing with that is, if you'll notice, it's always election election season. It all, it always is because if you go to the um, the House of Representatives, they, they serve for for two terms. So they get the elections in November. They get sworn in the following year, which is a couple months later, and then they go to D.C. for a while, and then they start. They're always raising money and they're always campaigning and then they just start there and when you're campaigning it's a busy schedule I've, I've actually been impressed I've been with people who campaign I get invited quite a bit I used to do a lot of it in the past and it's like driving the in the van to an event as you're leaving that event and shaking hands and shaking babies uh, uh, kissing babies um, you keep going and then in the van you're talking on a, a radio station to the locals and then you're going to another event and you're saying the same stuff over and over and, you do. and it's very busy and I used to go on those a lot but you're donating your time and then a lot of politicians simply want you there to campaign and raise their funds until they get elected and then for me at least they lost my phone number for a few months and then back on the campaign trail. I actually used to be the chairman of a thing called Seal Pack which tries to it was was raising money to get Navy SEALs into Congress, which I think is a great idea. Um, not just SEALs, but I think special operators and veterans on either side of the aisle. We'll get into um, what I think about party politics, both parties. I, I mean, I, I don't like either party, but in order to raise the funds, you need the support of a party. And and you know, we hundreds of years ago, our founders knew that if we only had two parties, it would be the downfall of us, which is, uh, th there's a lot of things that everyone says will be the downfall because like anything else, they're going to play off it. I, there are some Navy SEALs now running. I'm not, I'm not campaigning for that. I did, I did uh, go meet up with Derek Van Orden in Wisconsin, and I hope he wins. All the SEALs that are running, Brady Duke, Eli Crane, Morgan Luttrell. My good friend Ryan Zinke is running for Congress again. We just uh, got another um, uh, seat in the state of Montana, so that's two. Huge state, two seats. That's that. Um, but it's, all, it all, it's always campaign season. It seems like. 
And they're always running on the same shit. Have you ever noticed that? It's always the same thing, left or right. It's, it's um, the left is, they're, they're both screaming about abortion all the time. Um, and then as far as like the, see, I think um, I, I, I'm not even a libertarian. I'm just independent, which is crazy. And you should try this. I don't go to one party or the other. And if I disagree with one stupid policy, get banished from that party. I, I believe it or not, go issue by issue. And here's the crazy thing. I'm willing to change uh, I, I may have said something six months ago that I realized, well, that was kind of dumb. Because it's always important to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Learn about what they're going through. Learn, learn, I mean, people right now that you run into on the street every day, other operators that you see are going through shit that you have no idea. Put yourself in their shoes and see why it's important. Um, so I think like a, I, I think a true liberal is someone, the, the way I believe now, and please don't... don't uh, Tell me to f myself right away, um, but like I'm, I'm a believe one of my main beliefs, and if we can dumb it down as as opposed to every single thing, if we can dumb it down, I'm a big believer in personal freedom, and if you want to do something and you really don't hurt anybody else, do it. Have at it. If you if if something makes your life better, if you it makes you enjoy something better, if it makes you laugh out loud. The person you want to spend your life with, have at it, man. Do that. Yeah, that's that's the just don't affect someone else. That's fine. Um, and, and I think a lot of people feel that way. As long as you're not um, hurting anybody, don't 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 press your beliefs on somebody else. Which again, there's so there's so many examples of that going on right now. And it either it, it the end all be all for politicians is their personal power. Uh, but but this time this time they're gonna see. I bet you've heard this t- today. Um, this is the most important election of our lifetime, and I don't give a shit which oh well which career politician white guy says it. They're saying it. It's but it's it always comes down to the same thing. So the ec- like the economic policy they're saying liberals want income equality, which means higher taxes for the rich, which doesn't mean anything. It means higher taxes. And then um, conservatives will say they want lower taxes and liberals will counter with, yeah, that's just tax cuts for the millionaires and billionaires. If they just pay their fair share, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the, like the top 1% pays the majority of all income tax. And and that gets touchy there, but don't, don't let it fool you. All the shit you buy, you're paying taxes somewhere. You're paying the man somewhere. The, uh, I mean, gas prices are ridiculous right now yes because of certain things a lot of it's tax and you know we should never shut off our own gas supply that's just stupidity um and i don't want to jump around on tangents like i've said before if we, if we could power our f- space cars on unicorn tears and and like baby toenails great we don't have it yet i don't know if we can store power when the wind doesn't blow or the sun's out. And I hope we can. There's some smart motherfuckers out there designing stuff that we use. Like, left or right of the aisle, whatever it takes to make the batteries, we're still using our iPhones. I might disagree with Bill Gates and how he's buying up all the land so he can own the land where we can't grow cows so they can't fart methane so they can't blah, blah, fucking blah. I'm, you know, I'll still use some of his um, whatever the hell, <laughs> if there's still Microsoft or whatever, you know, all that. So we'll still use it. Like Gen Z just came out, you know, they, they're, they're big on the, the not so much even liberal, but more leftist policies. But a poll came out that said their favorite restaurant is Chick-fil-A, which has more traditional values. Um, but like the, le- the, the right says they want to reduce government spending, but they don't. And then the left says they want more programs for you to get involved with. Um, the left says healthcare for all. And uh, hey, man. 
awesome. I hope we have health care for all. But the right wants to have it. Um, they favor competition as opposed to Medicare and Medicaid. And if you look at both sides of the article, that makes sense because um, the more government you get involved, the more it sen- tends to suck. And, and we've never had a government program, a government agency bureaucrat say, well, solve that problem, <laughs> close it down. You can't fire government agencies. So both sides have a tendency. They keep getting more and more people in power, more and more people for hire. And now they're at a point where even the Democrats are saying, uh, this is how many jobs we created. You didn't create jobs. You hired government employees. The people out there, the operators out there working and paying, well, apparently not their fair share to D.C. is paying the salary of the government. And I mean, I was in in the military. The government paid my shit for a while. Um, But like, and... You know, we need to get rid of a lot of government programs. It's funny now, one of the first jobs I had after I left the Navy, uh, and I didn't know what I was going to do because, you know, once you're there, it's the most important thing in the world. And especially in the SEAL teams, it was my reputation is everything. And then you realize you got out, you're 35 years old, you do have a 30-year mortgage to pay, you're going to need a job. Which, I mean, that's why I started a foundation. I'm actually wearing a shirt today, representing Special Operators Transition Foundation, because the you're retired. I mean, people retire at 38 years old. you got a lot of life left in you, hopefully, and we help transition people. But I was fortunate to meet some people in D.C. I got a job, a couple jobs up there, a speaking agency out of D.C., and then I worked with my friend Rick Acalde at Potomac Partners, which uh, is is like a boutique lobbying firm. And lobbying is a bad word now, too, by the way. That's a bad word, unless you're in D.C. and you know the deal. Um, just like contractor. Like during the Vietnam War area, um, the veterans were the bad guys. They were the baby killers. So they've replaced veteran with contractor. So now that's the, the bad word. Anyway, so uh, Rick would take me uh, around the halls of Congress, and I first that's when I first got to see D.C. I mean, we did get to go up there in the Navy, you know, I actually went to the White House before in the Navy, saw the West Wing. I uh, actually stole some of uh, both President Bush and President Obama's presidential M&Ms, which sit there on their desks. And I mean, it's not necessarily steel. It's in the government. So I, I acquired them. But uh, I did get to see it in the Navy. And it was different in the Navy because that's when I thought a lot of politicians gave a shit. But it turns out a photo op with some Navy SEALs is good for their campaign and what's good for their campaign is good to raise money and it's good to keep them in power but i st- we started going around up there and I, I realized the deal and it's like back in the day driving through dc used to give me a sense of pride this is my country you look around at those buildings and it kicks ass i mean the smithsonian's dope there's that big ass diamond up there um i've been into um into Lincoln's bedroom, I, I've seen I think one of the four copies of the dec- of not the Declaration of Independence, the uh, the Gettysburg Address signed by Abraham Lincoln, um, and I thought it was cool. But then the more I was up there, the more I started to realize that none of this shit was made here. This was all funded by you. Yes, it represents the the government, but they're not producing anything there. It's a bunch of people walking around with other people that are kissing their asses. And it get, I mean, even in the military, 
Um, is, without, I was in the special operators community. But I mean, now, though, everything is special because everyone has to be special. Like, we have to give everyone Black Berets instead of just the Rangers who are elite. We'll give everyone so everyone can be special. Everything's special. Like, there's, there's special operations supply clerks. Yes, we need every cog in the machine, but come on, dog. <laughs> so... Um, but we, I went up there and I started to look around and I, and I, I started to realize that it's, it's, uh, these are career politicians surrounded by staffers and they're people that know their shit. Um, like even the president's a guest, the president's in the white house for four years, maybe eight years, who knows now, but like the chief of staff, the people behind the scenes are running it and they're getting good advice. But in the, in the, in the special operators community, most guys I knew were conservative. And that's just how it was. And maybe it's because we wanted to go to war so much and George Bush was in office, we wanted to go to war, even though we got more work as Navy SEALs under Barack Obama than we did under George Bush. And, and I'll tell you why. Here's another one of my theories. And most of the stuff I say is, is just between us. Um, uh, we got more war as Navy SEALs because conservatives are big believers in deterrent. Like, if you do this, if you don't do this, we will do that, and they have the carriers on the, on the, um, on the horizon. They got the tanks, and they're going to come mess you up with the air force, uh, and they'll show you what they're going to do. Liberals will stab you in the back, and that's where we come in as Navy SEALs. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that was. But I saw I saw the experience out there, but and I realized a lot of this um, even is a lot of this is talk. A lot of this is all talk. It's all it's all getting on TV, showing the power you have and the reach that you have. And and you ever notice that a lot of the really good politicians, the like the Nancy Pelosi, and I don't care who you are, she is an excellent politician. She gets the votes. She doesn't even need the whips. She gets them whipped up. Hillary Clinton, politics forever, excellent politician. And I never vote for her, but I will take her in a foxhole. She will fight to the death. Um, uh, but but a lot of these politicians just watch. Um, watch the tone of their voice and when they're supposed to say this, and we know when it's coming to the applause. They're politicians, man. And they're saying the same shit. Uh, Donald Trump told me personally that when he first got, because the, the, the media wanted him to really get the nod because there's no way he can beat Hillary Clinton, right? There's no way. So they kind of went with him, and he got elected, obviously. Not obviously, because a lot of Democrats still won't, won't admit that election happened. But once he got there, he, he said even Nancy Pelosi, who, who um, isn't the Speaker of the House, um, and then the, so the two leaders of the Democrats, Chuck Schumer, uh, the Senate, and then Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House. And they said that like, they would, those two running around together. Like, even Saturday, Saturday Night Live is making fun of those two Jack wagons now because they'll 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 they say the same shtick on TV. But Trump said when he was elected president, they came into the Oval Office and he's, he said Nancy Pelosi could not be nicer. The meeting went so well, and I was he was realizing as an outsider, Donald Trump said, "Wow, I'm going to be able to unite the parties and we can get so much done." As soon as they left the office, he saw them on TV and she was bad mouthing him like they just had a cat fight in the Oval Office. He's like, "What the?" Shit is going on here. I even asked him when he was in office, and I'm not getting, I, I am getting political. I'm not picking sides. But I was at a dinner with him in Los Angeles at a fundraiser, and uh, someone said, Why are you doing this? Why are you taking this? Why are you working so hard? And Donald Trump said, Because I don't have a choice. Because he, he did say he was going to go in and drain the swamp, but he realized the swamp is alive, the swamp is real, and the swamp has fangs. So they stick with these same 
these same talking points. The education, it should be free. The Democrats say, liberals say, free and you know, expand it. Have the government teach you. Because we're learning now, the government knows way more than you do as a parent. Uh, but then the right wing wants you know, the parents and, and, and they want vouchers for school choice. I don't see a problem, but for some reason the Democrats hate it. You shouldn't let your kids have the choice of which school to go to because we need them to stay in this school so that they can whatever. I mean, school, if you think about it, even back in the day when, 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 when I went, um, like one of the first things of the day was that bell would go off and you all get in line, you all dummy up and blah, 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 and you go in your classroom and then they're teaching you stuff that really doesn't matter, but they're basically teaching you how to be in line because, and they don't even care right now if you're educated they want you to live to vote. And actually, in some cases, you don't even need to be alive to vote because the, the place is crazy and they will do anything and say anything to stay in power. Then you got the gun thing. Uh, um, the Democrats are, they want gun control. And everything in the election right now is, um, it's gun violence. The, 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 stuff, the stuff in Chicago, it's not a gang problem. It's not, um, it's not a crime problem. It's not letting criminals out Cashless bail, same in New York and Atlanta and New Orleans. That's a gun problem. It's gun violence. And I, I guarantee you that the guns being used in all these murders and shootings and whatever happens, even though you notice they don't report on a lot of those, they'll report the shit out of a school shooting. But uh, they're not going to tell you about the, the day-to-day that the normal people that are just trying to get on with their lives have to deal with. It's a gun problem. And then, obviously, the gun guys are the, the right of the aisle is extremely Second Amendment. And that's another conversation. We'll have it another time. But all that they know is end of conversation shall not be infringed. That's all they know. As opposed to even questioning, have, time cha- have times changed since the Second Amendment was written? You're not allowed to say that. So you're either on the far right or you are on the far left. Do not try to go to the middle or we will come after you. And I've seen both. And then there's the voter ID law. If you're a Republican... Not, not even if you're a Republican. Most sane people think, yeah, I, I, I have an ID and you should have one to vote. I need an ID to go to FedEx to send a package. I, I need an ID to get on a plane. I don't need an ID to cross the border. Hell, I don't even need uh, to be vaccinated from uh, COVID to cross the border. Two and a half million people proved that this year alone, the most in history, the most in recorded history. Um, so normal people, I'll say, on both sides, think you should have an ID. The far left will say that's racist. Now, if you consider a leftist white guy telling a normal black dude that, well, you're just you're not smart enough to get an ID. What the f- what do you think that is? But they can control the votes, which all they want to control the votes to get back in office. Um, so these are the these are the um, the ideologies, if you will, of the left and the right, and they keep doing that. But no matter what happens, this is the most important election of your lifetime. So get out there and vote. I saw this, and um, as soon as they're done grandstanding for the cameras that are everywhere, by the way, um, they go out and have cocktails together, cocktail hour. They go to that, uh, I forget the name of the famous restaurant. There's one of them up there in Georgetown that everybody goes to, and you're, well, you know, you're hanging out with someone that's bad-mouthing you on either Fox News or CNN. That's just the way it works. So like when we started going up there, um, one of the, th- one of the things, um, that my buddy's firm did was represent, uh, Miss USA, the Miss USA pageant. And that was actually run by Donald Trump, which is, that's how I met him, by the way. This is, you know, that was never a partisan thing. I met Donald Trump before he was running for president. Um, he actually called me 
when he decided to run for president. I was living in Dallas, Texas at the time. I uh, had I had a two bedroom kick ass apartment in downtown Dallas. Actually, it was downtown or uptown Dallas. If you've ever been to Dallas, Texas, the home of the twenty thousand dollar millionaire. No one really knows what uh, that's. A, that's the type of person that might not be rich, but look wants to look rich. You know, you don't need to. You don't need to buy uh, uh, the Armani shits or whatever to to prove that you're rich. You know, you know. Look at what the shit that Zuckerberg wore. Look how much that ridiculous sunscreen he puts on. But you know, nobody outranks safety, right? So anyway, uh, I was there, and and you know, we had a party at my apartment, and uh, I think it was fine, but I ended up awake uh, on the. The 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 uh, comforter of my bed. I didn't even get out of the blankets. My phone was ringing, and it was Donald Trump. And, and he called me. Now he he doesn't drink. I had some drinks the night before, and he, he, he and he's one hour ahead of me. Dallas is in Central Time Zone. New York is on the East Coast, I believe. And he called me and said, "Hey, Robert J. O'Neill, this is Donald Trump, and I'm thinking about running for president. I want you to come up here and endorse me." And I literally was like, "Fuck you! It's not Donald Trump. It's one of my friends." Hung up. So I'm now I'm awake. I'm going to make coffee, and he calls back. Hey, seriously, this is Donald Trump. It's a Saturday. I'm thinking about running for president. You want to come up here? And I, I like look at my watch. I wasn't married at the time. Like I got nothing better to do. Let's fly to New York and go to see Donald Trump. That's how I met him. So anyway, um, back to to uh, being around D.C. My buddy's firm represented f- uh, four companies that 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 assisted the the these young ladies with um, getting into the Miss USA pageant. And so I believe the the ones they were representing at the time were North Carolina, South North Carolina. South Carolina, Louisiana, and Alabama. And I know that because what we would do is we would walk them around the halls of Congress, and there are some halls of Congress. I'm talking, there's so many bills. It's not just the Capitol. That's the rotunda. That's very cool. If you can ever get, uh, uh, if you ever get a chance to get what's called a dome tour of, of the Capitol, I'm talking, you go up in the dome, and I think you need to be with a member of Congress, which I think is cool because I've had members do that. Not all politicians are bad. They just get sucked into the system, and that's just how the swamp works. But I've been up there a few times. Uh, badass. Great to see that place. Like, I think you could probably do a base jump from inside you know, the building. Maybe it's not high enough. Don't try that if you get the chance. Um, but uh, we're walking around, and miss. we're just introducing them to their representatives from North Carolina, South Carolina, Louisiana, and uh, Alabama. And then their senators. And we, you know, we showed them around Walter Reed... Kind of just introducing these young ladies who are going to be successful to the way Washington works. But for some reason, I think Miss South Carolina couldn't make one of the stops to her congressman. So we called ahead and said, hey, uh, to the congressman's chief of staff, because you're not getting a congressman on the phone, because they're way too fucking important and busy and all that shit. So um, we said, hey, you know, Miss Miss, uh, South Carolina can't make it, but we're still going to stop by with the other three contestants. And so we get up there, knock on the door. And the way it works is you go into... um, it's like you go into an office and it's like there's a staffer here, a staffer there. There's all kinds of interns and, uh, you know, the chief of staff, if you're lucky, you'll get a meeting with. But we said uh, they sat us in the congressman's uh, office. So you go to a side room, which is a congressman's office. And it's, it is cool. There's some history in there looking around. And um, and um, we're sitting in there and the uh, 10 minutes and, and the, you know, the office at this point realized Miss South Carolina couldn't show up. So um, the chief of staff came in. And we're sitting in the congressman's office looking at an empty desk, which is not uncommon even if the congressman's in that desk. But we're looking at an empty desk, and um, they said, hey, the congressman just got called to vote, so he's not going to make it. Now, so we didn't have Miss South Carolina um, with us, 
So he can't get the photo op, so it's not worth his time to talk to the rest of us, the peons. So we're kind of sitting there coming up with a plan. Well, you know, we were going to kill 20 minutes in here. So as we're discussing the plan, we hear the shitter flush, the private shitter for the congressman. It's like, all right, so he's just in there taking a shit because he didn't have time for us. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, that's Washington, D.C. <laughs> I talk about training and repetition. And I spent years training for the moment when I might have to confront evil face-to-face. In that moment, you do not have time to think. You have to execute what you know. That is only possible if you train often. But with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket along with the price of gas, getting to the range isn't as easy or as affordable as it used to be. Thankfully, there's a new way to train with your firearm in the comfort and the privacy of your own home. It's called iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more. Even better, it costs less than a day at the range. Right now, save 10%, plus get free shipping with the offer code THEOPERATOR when you go to itargetpro.com. When you get yours, simply download the iTarget app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and then you start training. iTarget comes in most calibers, from 9 mil. 9mm2223, so you can train with almost any firearm, again, in your home. This is the easiest and most cost-effective way to train, and it pays for itself in a single day. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Use the code THEOPERATOR. But I'm, I'm excited to, get, like, I want to get away from politics. I know we want to get away from politics, but politics is just, has, has, uh, has come into everything. It doesn't seem like that. Everything's, everything's involved with politics, and politicians are going to basically say anything you want to hear, so you will vote for them. Uh, right now, the most important thing, and probably a politician's worst nightmare, is, the econ- is inflation, the economy. That's the most important thing right now because, because of what has happened, because I'm convinced that this country has been so coddled for so long that we have what are called first world problems. We've had them for so long, it's been so easy. That you can be oppressed, yet you still have your iPhone and you have a car and a house. That you're, uh, you are not, you're, 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 in, you're, not, you're not necessarily in real poverty. You're in that because we have first world problems, so we make up other problems. Make up other problems that we can throw money at that really aren't real. And depending on what side you're on, You can switch it up. Like if you're on one side, it's just believe the science. However, something that's glaring you in the face that's scientifically a lie, well, no, no, that's real. You can't, sometimes you have to defend the facts. And it's all, again, it's not about you, it's about the politician. Right now, because of some failed policies, some ridiculous spending, because of a lockdown, because of what happens with keeping people out of work, (laughs) inflation. And you're seeing that everywhere. Even Nancy Pelosi tried to BS the other day by saying, well, it's not inflation that's the problem, it's the cost of living. Huh? You notice it. When people are now cutting back on what they need to do in order to survive, that's a problem, and that's inflation. <clears throat> and um, they're saying, they're, they're, like, you'll hear the president say, well, we just we, we reduced the deficit. Now, the deficit is, what, I think, what we spent a year, the, the debt is accruing. 
at, the only reason that the 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 deficit may have been reduced is because of the BS COVID funding that we don't know where that goes. We don't know where a lot of the the COVID funding goes. We don't know. We certainly don't know where a lot of the Ukraine funding goes. We and we can get into that too. But it's 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 you're seeing it now. You're seeing a result of this stuff by the price of gas <clears throat> because we we are so tied up with the loudmouths, the far leftists, with the preparation for doomsday for climate change. It was global warming until it wasn't global warming, and now it's climate change and everything affects it. So you got to change everything for climate change. Um, we cut off our gas, and there's sabotage places for different... We're not pumping gas to ourselves. We're, we're depleting... I mentioned this last week. We're depleting our strategic oil reserve. Like it or not, gas prices are going to go up when you start depending on other nations. Saudi Arabia doesn't give a shit about us. OPEC doesn't give a shit about us. So gas prices go up. When that goes up, everything goes up. The price you pay for everything goes up. Politicians love to say, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Now it's who are you going to believe, me or your lying pocketbook? Because you're paying more. I don't care who you are. If you're listening to me right now, you know it and I know it. Some people can't afford it. It sucks. But other people can't. Other people can't, and it really sucks. The most important thing to people right now is the economy, inflation, violent crime, foreign policy, violent crime, more failed bullshit, cashless bail, let the criminals out. Now, again, here's where I'm in the center. Someone locked up for a long, long time for a nonviolent crime probably shouldn't be in there. Again, the thing with the smoking weed, right? Uh, Kamala Harris was good at that. She locked up thousands of people, I think. If not hundreds of people when she was the AG of California. doesn't matter now. She's vice president, so I'll just say whatever I need to say. Um, but letting people out, I, I, there's been there, a dude the other day I saw committed a violent crime with a knife, uh, his 55th arrest. Now in New York City, it's common for people to get pushed in front of a train on the subway. There's stabbings. There's murders. Violent crime is a problem. It affects us all. Most people, even if you vote Democrat or Republican, most people are God-fearing people who want to get on with their lives. They don't want to pay as much money for gas as we're paying. But they come back to the same thing. Here's something. Sorry for the cough. I'm blaming it on my coffee. Um, The Democrats right now, basically, if again, God forbid you go by what's actually happening. If you go by facts, Right now, the Democrats are in the hole, big time, because they're failed policies about nonsense. So they go back to what is their, well, their favorites, abortion. Here's how simple this is. And I know this is a very touchy subject. So I'm not going to give you my stance on this, but here's a fact. And a lot of people on the right won't, won't like this. But if Republicans just said, you know what, it's between a couple and their doctor, not the government's business. They'd probably win a lot more because because the Democrats can spin abortion into, oh, my God, it's women's health care and you hate women. It's a war on women. Now, granted, in other political arguments, Democrats can't define what a woman is. But for abortion, it's definitely a woman. That's not a birthing birthing person at this point. It's a woman who needs an abortion now. And Democrats hate women for this argument. I know what a woman is. It's a fact until you start talking about other things that is not a fact. You know, it's a, what are they calling it now? A Barbie pouch. That's fucking disgusting. That's what they're calling it. But even right now, there's because they're, they're they're trying to make this a a, a a military issue. Well, if we can't have abortion, what about the poor 
woman in the military who's serving in a state where they hate women's health care. And so the Pentagon came out and they're saying the Pentagon will now pay for service members to travel to states that have abortion to get an abortion. Now, whatever. But is it when I was in the military, it wasn't that huge of a deal, is it? Has it has that turned into a new pandemic where so many of our servicemen oh sorry, so many of our service Women need abortions that if we don't do that, we can't defend Ukraine, and then, therefore, we cannot defend democracy. And that's, that's their other argument. So their other argument is the defense of democracy. Defense of democracy. Um, January 6th. Okay. I hope we can all agree. That was bad. And that, But it was one of a... Don't fucking do that, stupid. You know, riled up by politicians, riled up by undercover feds, oh, you damn right, um, riled up by Capitol Police letting people in, and then herd mentality of stupid people. Fought. I mean, these protesters stayed in stayed inside the velvet ropes. Shit, we should have just put velvet ropes around Ukraine. There wouldn't be this problem. They stayed in there. They did stupid stuff. Yes, you deserve to be punished for that. Do you deserve solitary confinement without uh, a trial by jury? No, but we can do that now, can't we? Because we're just defending democracy. You've been in office. What are these politicians? 35 plus years? But this is the most important one in modern history. No, it's not. You're trying to get another term. The only person with term limits is the president. The president is a visitor. Everyone else, look at the senators. How many senators have been in office office for 40 plus years and they were in the House before they were in the Senate? What have you been up to? Other than spending more taxpayer money, making more positions creating jobs for you know people getting paid by the government it's defense so january 6th is bad but they played it up i mean the only person killed in the gen it was ashley babbitt a veteran killed by a, a capital policeman so that's bad but then so the left is huge about defending of democracy and the the right is all about violence until you say well yeah well, how about that summer of antifa violence and the blm protests and all the all the destruction and the murders well that didn't happen and they're gonna lie to you oh that's well that didn't happen who are you going to believe? Me or your lion eyes? So that, I mean, and it's all the political stuff. It's all the political nonsense. And uh, they're, I mean, they're, they're dragging people into it. Again, it's just because this is what we need to do for not democracy. We're, we're not a democracy. We're a republic. They've been trying to force that we're a democracy for over 100 years. You know why? Because it's a lot easier to change the Constitution. Think about that. If, boy, if we can change the Constitution, maybe I can... Uh, I can stay in office longer. I can keep my power longer. And I don't need to look at the salary. I mean, the benefits are great. Congress doesn't go to the VA, which they should. Boy, that would, that would change things real quick, wouldn't it? Of course, there would be one VA, you know, near the Capitol Hill. Obviously, not close to the Cap Capitol Hill Starbucks that got closed because of violence. It, right next to the Capitol because we're letting criminals out. How, even, look at that. During an election year right now, Democrats, the, 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 the mayor, or, sorry, the governor of New York, who was never elected, um, well, we just need, they it used to be, we need to defund the police, but they morphed that into defund the police is what they're doing. Stop paying the police. Community organizers can get in there. We can send in health ex mental health experts, defund the police gradually started to change the closer we get to election. We need to revision the way we police re They're always redefining things. There's never a, here's how it is. Here's how it worked. Next case. We're going to reimagine the police. Now, that the governor, Hagel, is realizing that uh, she's going to lose. She could lose to Lee Zeldin in New York, which is a blue state. 
Um, now she's tough on crime. We need more cops. We need more, you know. No, they want to extend overtime for overworked cops already instead of hiring new ones. Because, and they'll know, you'll notice too, they're revisioning, they're reimagining. Well, it's gonna, we're gonna need a few more months for this to kick in. That's why we were asking Saudi Arabia, begging, and not us. I mean, our president was begging Saudi Arabia, don't cut it by two million barrels of oil a day until after the midterms, because we're reimagining the way we get elected. So now that now that the, the, the governor of New York is so tough on crime, no, she's not. She hates cops, but she loves being elected, just like the rest of them. So if we could change everything because they're saying the Constitution is a living document because we're a democracy, we're, we're, we're a constitutional republic is what we are. Um, if we could reimagine that, we should, you know, we should reimagine term limits. If we could, because you need to be a Democrat or a Republican right now because you need the funding to get funded by the big donors. How do you think you're going to win a blue seat in Georgia if you're not funded by someone in Los Angeles, which is what they're doing? You know, you got that that race in Pennsylvania, which I, I mean, I don't even want to talk about. But uh, you're getting funded from every, the record amount. There, there are amounts of money being spent on, on um, senatorial campaigns, more money than used to be spent on presidential campaigns. And that's for every 50 state, as far as I know, that the president ran for. Um, but, you know, just, they're going to kick in. Boy, these, these, it'll be the Republicans too. Boy, these ta- once these tax cuts kick in, you'll see it after the midterms. You know, once, once this healthcare, once, once we reimagine the, 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 the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the Green New Deal, once that kicks in after the midterms, man, we're going to be, huh, excuse the, excuse the expression, we're going to be money in the bank. So, and then, and then the problem is you get these, um, you get these uh, people who are listening to the loudmouths. And again, far left, far right. Leftists are not Democrats, true liberals. And the far right, they get the most of the press. So you got these. Look, here's, an, here's a fun example of these crazies because the religion of climate change has just so enraged so many people. They're violent. And they're doing everything because they're told that cow farts will destroy the planet. Um, there was, um, I want to say, uh, um, I'll look it up later. There was a a car manufacturer. So what these crazies are doing, these leftists are doing, these climate activists, you've seen them sitting in the middle of traffic in, in the UK, which I don't, doesn't make any sense. I've mentioned that before because the cars just sit there and idle and look at you screaming about climate change. They've altered the tour de France. They've gone to formula one races. They've chained themselves to trees, but the new thing is throwing mashed potatoes on works, priceless, one-of-a-kind works of art worth hundreds of millions of dollars, or paint, which is made from uh, fossil fuel, oil. So is um, hair dye, guys. Yeah, so that's you. Deodorant, too, but I think you need to worry about deodorant. Like I said, the super glue is made from a nail polish detergent, which you probably don't wash your clothes. But they go in there and they glue themselves, They throw and they start chanting over and over. And what happens is the cops show up, and they, um, they cut them down, they talk them down, and then they arrest them and let them go. So they go into this, this um, foreign car manufacturer where they make high-end sports cars. They glue themselves, like eight of them, and look the story up. I, I don't have it right in front of me. They glue themselves to the walls. And normally, you know, the, the people working or wherever, the people trying to race, the people running the race, uh, they call the cops. What these people did that were working at the plant, they turned the heat down, they turned the lights off, and they left. 
So nobody knew these morons <laughs> who were glued to the wall or in there. And, oh, guess what? How's that oil that heats this place? Ah, we turned it off for you. By the time the cops got in there, I don't know how much longer later, they were complaining and whining and crying about the abuse because we can't move our hands or glue to the wall and we couldn't use the toilet and nobody fed us. Well, sucks to be you. Don't glue yourself to shit, idiot. And again, take it from me, whether you're hunting the world's most wanted terrorist or stuck in a cubicle, up against the deadline, being uncomfortable is a distraction. That means one thing, you're not bringing your A game. Recently, I was introduced to under-tack boxers. That's under-tack, not under-tech. These have to be the most comfortable, durable boxers ever made, probably the best because they have literally been tested by special forces and special operators. They're made with high-quality material that's antimicrobial, anti-piling, and moisture-wicking so you stay fresh and dry all day long. They come with a sturdy yet comfortable waistband that doesn't crack or loosen. They also have a tactically smart horizontal fly for easy relief. Under tack is durable, ultra light, and shrink resistant. Here's the best part they are almost 30% less than the woke designer brands with the non binary models. Getundertack.com. That's getundertac.com. 20% off site wide with the offer code. The Operator 20. That's The Operator 20. Support a great American company that's pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. GetUndertack.com. That's GetUndertac.com. GetUndertac.com. The offer code again is The Operator 20. So, yeah, that in a nutshell, that is what's going on. You see on the internet, it's something, I might screw this up, but I do quote other people quite a bit, but um, one of the sayings I think is play stupid games and poop your pants because you're stupid and you glued yourself to a wall. But that's that. So um, I talk about the teams that I was fortunate enough to be a part of a lot, the high performance teams, the SEAL teams I was a part of. Why we were successful, and a lot of that success transfers over to the private sector. And you're personal life and your professional life. I mentioned that if you're good to each other, you can be good. If you're a boss, you don't need to be a jerk just because you um, are the boss on paper. And then you don't need to micromanage. Micromanagement's horrible. Are you teaching your people how to do their jobs or you're do, are you doing their job for them? Don't do that. Don't micromanage. Teach your people how to do their jobs and let them do their jobs. Let them be successful on their own. And that, again, um, that would, you know, force you to promote on merit, which we can't do now, which would be successful. We need to promote on a certain ideology because God forbid you get called a name. But be good to each other. We learn in buds, obviously, uh, the never quit attitude. I've seen people quit now in the private sector so often because you have a hard day. I've had hard days. You have a hard day. We all have bad days. But that's what you learn from. We all have pain, like I mentioned earlier. That's what you're going to learn. Don't quit now. Quit tomorrow. You're, it's going to get better. It will get better. Time is the ultimate healer. I've mentioned that. So learned about never quit. We learned about um, emotion, the decision-making process. And we see so much emotion right now. You just, just fire up the emotion, fire up the kids, fire them up, yell and scream and loud, cancel, cancel, cancel. You got people out there yelling at people, calling them fascists, using fascist tactics. If you're silencing someone, that's fascist. You're an idiot. Don't go out there to a... Don't. Take the credits. Learn. Go to college to learn. Um, but the other one, too, this is interesting, is effective communication. Part of success, my triage of um, 
preparation, I talk about preparation, you'll hear me talk about it again, is training, effective communication, repetition. Training, effective communication, repetition. Train with your people. Talk to your people. Tell them what's important. When you're done saying what you're saying, stop saying it and repeat. And if I tell the same story, it's because I'm being repetitive or because I'm out of stories or because I like talking about the same shit. But effective communication is very important. It should be okay to tell something what you're thinking. Don't be insulting, but tell someone what you're thinking. Try to tell people the truth. Tell the truth. Don't lie. You don't need to remember nonsense. Um, the nonsense that the, 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 the politicians get into. You listen to them. They talk about the elections, both sides, about, well, the Republicans, we do, will do this, and then, but them, the Democrats, us against them. We, it is not the Republicans versus the Democrats. You're supposed to be the United States of America. But they're telling you about Democrats, Republicans. Dem, you, like I mentioned earlier, you very rarely have an independent in there. We, you know what? We have an independent in there that was um, running for president, but he got railroaded because even he didn't agree with some of the far-left BS. You know what his name is? Bernie Sanders. And I don't agree with him, but he's the, one of the few independents. You go as an independent, you're either, the way that the Democrats and Republicans see an independent is you're taking votes away from the Democrats or you're taking votes away from the Republicans, which is nonsense, but this is the fireball that we're into. So um, effective communication. Here's a, See, this happened today, and I have a plan here, and I'm looking at my phone. Uh, I'm looking at my notes, but I'm not following them because stuff just happens around you. So be able the perfect plan only exists when you're planning. Be able to adjust. I'm talking about this today because um, one thing that I like in life because you should have a system. Don't have a have a checklist. You know, make a make a list. That's the the best way to stop chaos in your life. Chaos will breed chaos, but one of the ways to avoid it is to make a list. List your stuff in order, and then realize. You're not going to be able to do four things at a time. Just cross them off. Put them in order of uh, importance. Do what you can. If you can't finish them all, whatever. But one of the things I like, and I obviously don't do this every day, but uh, I go see my barber, and I, I went to my barber today. And the reason I'm bringing up effective communication and my barber is because, not that I don't like it, but it forces me to talk. It forces him to talk. I mean, you don't have to, but that's a good thing to do. You go to your barber. I mean, look at, okay, look at the movies, barbershop, beauty shop. I'm not saying be a man or a woman, whomever, whatever you are, go to the barber and talk. And then, so what I do is I get a haircut and I'm a regular because uh, I, I can just say the usual or he knows, you know, he knows where the bald spot is. He knows where I want to comb the comb over or what have you. He knows what to do. Um, so we'll do that and we'll talk. And one of the things he brought up today was um, uh, we brought that up, effective communication. He said his son, who maybe is 20, he said, yeah, my, my son asked me, uh, how am I supposed to meet women? How, Dad, when you were my age, uh, you met women. How's that? And he goes, because I talked to them. You know, I've mentioned before, ask her out. Why is that hot girl with that ugly guy? Because he, he asked. A lot of people nowadays don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to talk to each other. My barber said that his son will be out on a date with a girl sitting with her and they're texting each other because that's their safe space. Look, man, if you need to be safe, we don't need you here. <laughs> what are you, this, this earth is not here for you to be safe. Come on, man. I just quoted Biden. Um, but they'll sit there and text because that's easier for them. It's it's safe. It's like that, that's why you know I I make joke of Twitter and I'm guilty of this too. Twitter's not real, but it's people aren't yelling at me. They're yelling at the idea of something stupid I probably said, 
um, at their screen in their house yelling at something out there in, in Space World. Um, it's not face-to-face, but we're so easy. We're so, it's, we're so able to communicate via that that people have forgotten how to speak with each other. You know, we're going to eventually... Now, again, I don't want to piss off the far right with this, but through evolution, we're going to gonna, gonna have humps because we all stare down at our phone. I do, too. I have mine right here. You've seen me look, at, unless you're listening to this, and I've been looking at my phone. I keep notes there, even though I don't follow my notes all the time. But that's effective communication. But we're staring at it. Then you're yelling at an idea of something with which you disagree because they said it. You're not yelling at the person. I ran into a woman, and I, I hope she's listening. I don't remember who she was. But I saw her, and she was on a panel before me. We're going into the studio on Piers Morgan's show, and she said, she said something, hello, and she, she seemed friendly. She said, yeah, um, we've sparred on Twitter, and I didn't know who the hell she was, <laughs> and whatever. And I said, well, I hope I'm not that big of a jackass in person, which none of us are or is or whatever how you say it, none of us in person. But I said to her, um, uh, yeah, I hope, you know, and I don't know who she was. And, and it, just like that, maybe she was mean as hell to me. Maybe she insulted me. Maybe she's one of those deniers of whatever. Maybe I said something mean to her, which is possible. But um, we were communicating in person, and he said his son doesn't know how to do that. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. That's why TikTok was invented by China. Oh, by the way, a lot of things, in the, some of the things invented by China were designed to hurt us. I don't think we're allowed yet to say the um, COVID came from a lab and was released on purpose because I'm sure someone would lose their funding from whatever Chinese-run um, company is supporting their campaigns, but we can't say that. And then, and then TikTok uh, was... Um, th- like a lot of the good stuff they have, believe it or not, they stole from us. If you can imagine, they steal a lot of our patents because they don't care. Um, but uh, TikTok came from China because they can watch us. You do the facial recognition shit, and here's where I... Remember a few years ago, it's like, well, I'm not putting my... I'm not putting my uh, whatever phone number out there because someone would get it. Yet now we have Uber where you can be a drunk girl by yourself and you're going to have a stranger take you in a car alone to the place where you live. But that we're good now. But TikTok's around there because um, it's going to dumb us down. It, because the kids are going to be looking at their phones. The kids are the future. We don't need them to be smart. We need them to want to be popular and we need them to want to get likes. And that's what they're doing. There's TikTok. So he's saying that his son can't uh, talk to girls, and a lot of us can't talk to people because we're not used to it. A, a, uh, a face-to-face confrontation is odd, even though it is, the, and I, I do see it on some good stuff on Instagram. I've mentioned, like, the dudes that drink too much of that expensive beer in Philly and all of a sudden end up in the fight that we all watch. Like, it is good to watch a loudmouth get his ass handed to him sometimes. The only thing I like better than that is when a keyboard warrior forgets he's in the real world and says something to someone. I don't care which side of the aisle, man. If you're talking shit and you don't know how to fight and you get thumped by someone who does because you're an idiot, call me old-fashioned. That's awesome. But the barber and I were sitting there talking, and as my favorite part, because I, I can tell him the usual for the cut, my favorite part is a straight razor shave. Now... We all know you should still be grooming. Keep the stuff at, at home to groom yourself. Keep, keep yourself you know, looking good, smelling good. Um, but a straight razor shave, if you're not doing it, d- do it. It's incredible. So what I get asked to, and, and again, I'm, I'm sort of a unique customer because I am in the public eye, and, and anyone in the public eye, whether you admit it or not, there's somebody wants to get their 15 minutes. So people have asked me, um, how do you trust someone with a knife that sharp right up against your neck? Well, there's a number of reasons. 
that I do. But I trust my barber. One, I'm a regular. Two, I've known him for years. Um, uh, I've I've like I've researched him. I uh, <laughs> saw people that he cuts other f- people. No, I don't say fuck. I almost call myself a famous person. He cuts other people's hair and gives them shaves and things like that. Um, so that's the reason I did my research. Always do your research on stuff. Don't just jump in. Don't just trust someone because most people don't have your best interest in mind. But another reason I'm comfortable with him is because he lived in Israel for a long time. Okay, and that's just the truth. That's just the way I feel. He's Jewish. He was born in Uzbekistan. Now, I've fought Uzbeks in Afghanistan. I'm not saying persons from different regions are bad or good, but um, I'm saying because he was Jewish and lived in Israel and he served in the military, that tells me his character. Israel is is the only um, democracy in the Middle East, like it or not. You know that they're pretty much the only uh, pro-gay marriage country there, too, because we get in that political argument, one side's on this and the other, and we, that's a, that'll be a good conversation later, too, because uh, 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 politics aside, most people are good people. I, uh, b- believe me. But um, I, I brought him up. Born in Uzbekistan, uh, he's Jewish. They, they had to leave Uzbekistan because that ha- that's happened in the past, and um, then they moved to Israel. Uh, and uh, that, to me was another just a good thing because if in Israel a lot of people are are they for they serve in the military and the military just teaches you good good habits good good skills um, good discipline teamwork and how to work as a team um, I am bringing that up though because of military and because of Jewish people um, uh, Kanye West just said some ridiculous stuff about Jewish people okay and that's Kanye West saying it uh, actually, what Kanye West said is he was going to DEFCON 3 for, I think he said, for Jewish people in the industry. Let, let me explain what that is first. Um, the, the way that the, 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 um, the, the, there are different alert cons, alert conditions. There's seven of them, and they're broken down into five defense conditions, which are DEFCON. So the, the five of them are, again, we talked about military, uh, nuclear, not even military, a nuclear war doesn't matter if you're military. We talked last week, so it goes from five to one for defense conditions. DEFCON 5 is normal peace readiness. I think we're there now. Level four, it slowly increases. Level four is a normal increased intelligence and strength and security measures. So they're gradually leading you to bad times. DEFCON 3 is what Kanye was saying, increase in-force readiness above normal readiness. So for saying something as ignorant as he did, he may have done a little research on what DEFCON 3 is, not, not what Jewish people are. Then DEFCON 2 is further increase in-force readiness, but less than maximum readiness. And DEFCON 5, defense condition 5, or sorry, DEFCON 1, defense condition 1 is maximum force readiness. So that's the five DEFCONs, and then it moves into um, the... the um, Emergency, the defense emergencies. So that would be uh, defense emergency is a major attack upon U.S. forces overseas or allied forces in any area and is confirmed either by the commander of a unified or specified command or higher authority or an overt attack of any type is made upon the United States and is confirmed by the commander of a unified or specified command or higher authority. A lot of verbiage in there, but you need to be pretty precise when you're talking about nuclear war. And then the air defense emergency is air defense emergency is an emergency condition um, declared by the commander in chief, so by the president. North American Aerospace Defense Command. Uh, it indicates that attack upon the continental United States, Canada, or U.S. installations in Greenland by hostile um, missiles is considered probable or imminent, or it's going on 
right now. Okay, so those are the DEFCONs. And that goes back to the nuclear stuff we were talking about. And that's all bad stuff. So Kanye said this stupid stuff about Jewish people. Um, and the issue that I have, well, more than, more, than, uh, more than an issue, is there are people who follow Kanye West that are just going to do what he says. And it's going to be overt. Um, they're going to come out. And start being anti-Semitic simply because Kanye West did it. You know, they bought Kanye's. Uh, Kanye sells out his clothing. Like they buy Kanye's music. And I'm, I'm not saying I like it or don't like that. But now these people, these anti-Semites, are now given a safe space. You saw that. Uh, I think it was in Los Angeles. Those dudes were out there hanging a, um, hanging a sign saying saying Kanye is right, and, and they're doing the Heil Hitler. Now they're wearing masks. They're not showing themselves. And if you're someone that requires a mask you know you're not a tough guy you're running in herds and you know what you're doing is wrong but you're evil and it's out there and 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 the more the more someone in in kanye's shoes says something like this the more normal it becomes and this is an issue and this doesn't start overnight this starts with not sticking up for your neighbors and not saying um what's wrong is wrong not standing up and that will lead to propaganda. And, and, and again, I'm not trying to compare this to this to what happened so, so long ago, but um, this could lead to something bad. We're at a point in time, and it, it, history re- repeats itself, where we don't want to admit what has happened in the past. We're erasing history. We're, we're making up new history. We're saying stuff so it's less offensive or whatever. Keep if you, you know, tearing down statues, okay, yes, we shouldn't be celebrating uh, all these southern generals, but we certainly shouldn't forget about them and know what they did. We shouldn't forget about the bad stuff that's happened everywhere and know what they did. Realizing, being smart enough to realize, yes, they were part of their time um, and it was bad, but what, here's what they did. 9-11, you know, people that are in high school right now weren't born during 9-11, they don't remember how horrific that was. It's just in their history books. That's all they know it as, as a book. And it didn't happen. And now there are, there are people who don't think that 9-11 happened. There are idiot politicians out there saying, well, January 6th was worse than 9-11. You're a horse's ass. And I'm not even going to argue that. But are, are we, we, we can't even show footage of the people who were burning to death inside the windows on the world jumping because that's a better alternative. We can't show it because it might offend someone. I bet their families were offended, the people who died on 9-11, but we can't show them. That is forg- that's deliberately erasing the past so that we can forget about it, so that we can all live in this safe space. The Holocaust was 80 years ago. Now, to people like me, that's in a history book. People lived it. I have met Holocaust survivors. During the Holocaust, normal people stood by and they watched it happen. So some comments like this are simplifying something horrible can happen and make it, making it normal. The, I'm, I'm going to get into this. this, is, this is, um, you've heard this before, and it's a, it's, a, um, it's a quote by... Martin Niemöller, is that right? Not Martin Niemöller, I'm going to say it. It's a, it's a, it's a tune to the needs of the modern protest. It offers wisdom about the evils of the past in an attempt, wisdom about the past in an attempt to prevent more evils of the future. 
And the words reference the Holocaust. You've heard it before, but I'm going to say it. First they came for the socialists, but I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. You cannot be on your A game unless you get a good night's sleep. I'm telling that from experience. There's nothing worse. So if you need to get better sleep, go check out my friends at ghostbed.com. They're wonderfully comfortable, and they're made in the USA. Every mattress has a 20-year warranty, or even some have a 25-year warranty, and you can try it out for 101 nights of great sleep. And if you don't like it, you can send it back. No hard feelings. One of my favorite parts about Ghostbed is it has a cooling technology because it always seems to get hot at night. Not here. Cooling technology. Real lifesaver. Ghostbed also offers bundles so you can get everything you need. You don't even really have to think about it. Just choose from one of their four mattresses and then pick your bundle. So whether you just need a mattress and a frame or you want it all like their cooling pillows and sheets, you can get the best bang for your buck if you use one of their bundles, their savings right now. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros or just go to ghostbed.com. Use promo code drinking bros and you get 30% off everything when you use that code drinking bros at ghostbed.com. Yeah, so I mean that is something. It's, it's something to keep in mind. Um, I mention always that it's, it's, a, it's a, a large planet, but it is a small world. And we don't, if we, if we don't, if we don't, Learn from our past. We're going to repeat it. And there's some evils in our past we, we need to learn from, need to know, need to respect what has happened. And um, learn. Don't just ignore it because you don't like it. There's a book you need to read. Uh, I read it. Uh, it's incredible. It's called Ordinary Men, Reserve Police Battalion 101, and The Final Solution in Poland. It's written by uh, Christopher R. Browning. It's incredible. It's about these reserve police officers who were not fit to, to, to uh, serve in the German army, so they, they turned them into executioners. They're going to round people up, round up uh, people that they were part of the extinction, of the part of the final solution, send them to uh, death camps like Treblinka or execute them right there. Uh, they, and and, and uh, they, it said not, the ordinary men, plumbers, mechanics, uh, normal people turn into killers because everyone around them is doing it. Nothing makes monsters... Because monsters aren't real, and we all possess the capability to be absolute shits to each other. To say otherwise is to not deny our responsibility for the, the very ugly part of our humanity. That's a quote right there. And it just it, it's about all this that, that um, they would justify some of their killings because everybody's doing it. They would justify killing a child. Because they'll kill their mother first because, well, this child couldn't... couldn't uh, survive without his mother, even though he just murdered him. They realized that they would. it was easier than digging a grave than killing people to make them dig their graves and then kill them. And it's just, um, it's just a vital factor that, that uh, people can slip into evil if you follow the crowd. And that's the, 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 you know, the, the group think that I talk about because um, these people were at first horrified and disgusted at what they were doing. Then it became the normal. And they're just doing it because the guy next to him was doing it. Ordinary Men is, a, is, a, is an extraordinary book. It's probably not required reading, even though it should be, because it's going to hurt some feelings. Um, here's one more quote I'm going to stop with. Uh, in which uh, it, it said, um, peer groups exert tremendous pressure on behavior and set the moral norms. In such a world, I fear modern governments that wish to commit mass murder will seldom fail in their efforts for being unable to induce ordinary men 
to become their willing executioners. <laughs> Governments, horrible things, groupthink. Um, that's a horrible way to end it. Um, not the most fun way to do it, and I, 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 uh, I like to make light of stuff and have fun, but this is kind of the, some of the stuff that stupid comments by people in certain places can make. So um, the emotional thing before, take a second, even if a second's all you have, to, to give a... Don't even... Don't react, do respond. Um, put yourself in someone else's shoes, a realization they're going through something else. We're all in this together. Uh, don't take yourself too serious because none of us are getting out of this alive anyway. Uh, be good to each other. I always close with my, uh, my favorite quote, um, you're never out of the fight. I need to close with this one. I gave a speech to um, a group of funeral directors to around, from around the country and their, their job as funeral directors is obviously to host funerals, take care of the body, take care of the family. And sometimes these people, um, the, only, the, the, the deceased, the only time they're in the newspaper is for their obituary. So these funeral directors need to be serious all the time. And, and I get it. It's very, that's an operator. And um, I was hosting their event, and the, the woman that runs the organization said, this is the only weekend where we can be, afford to slip up, have a cocktail, and we're going to listen to you speak. And I said, hey... You're never out of the fight. And she said, well, as a funeral director, sometimes you fucking are. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 